racist, bigoted Nazis. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report direct message for today, July 7th, 2021. Click that subscribe button, would you? Tap that notification bell, share our videos, etc., etc. You'll feel good and you'll be doing me a favor. All right, we got three stories for you today and I'm excited about all three. We're mixing it up a little bit today. Uh, so we're gonna get to it pretty quickly. The first story, ESPN. Now you may remember ESPN, it was a sports channel. Uh, actually, the reason that I do this, the reason that I am a guy that talks to the camera is because when I was in high school and then really in college, I would watch ESPN Sports Center and that's what I wanted to be. It was when Craig Kilborn, you may remember him, he was the original host of The Daily Show. He was on The Big Show, as they called it. And Keith Olbermann, before he became a complete leftist, whack job, nut job lunatic, he co-hosted Sports Center with Dan Patrick. And it was this great show that was funny and about sports and irreverent and cultural and really wonderful. And then just in the last you know, 20, 25 years, ESPN has been completely infected by wokeism. It's mostly about politics now. I, I don't watch ESPN anymore. I don't watch the NBA anymore. I really don't watch any professional sports anymore. As you know, I do cardio to old NBA games from the, uh, from the early 1990s. Actually, this morning I did an hour to game seven of the Western Conference semifinals, 1995 uh, Rockets versus uh, Suns. Mario Eli's big, uh, big three at the end. I'm sure you guys all remember that one. Anyway, ESPN is really horrible and it's become all about politics and wokeism and everything else. And there's a reporter at ESPN by the name of Rachel Nichols, who I remember from years ago, a perfectly fine reporter. And she basically got caught on leaked audio from a year ago saying that her career was sort of in a little bit of trouble there because uh, she's white and that there was a black female reporter that they wanted to boost up to make it look like they were doing more related to diversity. So she actually told the truth, right? Because they're all about diversity and inclusion and you're not gonna believe this. She then got demoted for it. It's such a perfect story of why wokeism destroys everything. So we're gonna talk about that. Uh, then Jen Psaki, not Pasaki, but Jen Psaki. I'm trying to trying to be good today. Uh, she gave another White House press conference, and this woman, who is just an abject uh, destroyer of truth, uh, well, now she's basically laying the groundwork for the Biden administration to promote further lockdowns. So we'll show you some video on that. And then the third story that we're covering today, only three for you today, is that Donald Trump just this morning has announced a class action lawsuit. Now class action, that means a whole bunch of us can get involved too, uh, but he's gonna be the lead actor in the class action lawsuit against the big tech companies and against some of the CEOs of the big tech companies personally. So this is, this is a serious escalation, seriously interesting, and we shall see what happens. So that's what we're doing today. Before I get to any of that though, guys, is this 24 hour news cycle making you nauseous? I know it's making me nauseous. Are you feeling nauseous on your commute right now? All those trains, subways, and bumper to bumper traffic, are they making you sick to your stomach? We've all experienced that horrible feeling, whether it's in the backseat of a car staring at your phone, maybe after one too many uh, on a night out with friends, or even just from the anxiety of a long work day. Nausea can ruin a day, force us to change our plans, and in the most severe cases, it can make it make 
make you unable to function. For those of you who can relate, I've got good news for you. You gotta check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. The product's 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, and provides all-natural relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. How it works is Relief Band stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea, then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you're sick. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea for patients, but now through Relief Band, it's available to the masses. Anyone who deals with nausea knows how awful it is. Even if you don't get nauseous often, Relief Band is worth trying for the anxiety benefits alone. This is not a product that you wanna miss out on. It'll bring you peace of mind and help you not worry about nausea again. As the world is opening back up, don't let the fear of nausea keep you on the sidelines. And if you're getting ready to take that summer road trip, hopping on a boat, or you're just anxious about heading back into the office, I've got good, good news. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for my audience. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Ruben, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money-back guarantee. That's R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com. And use promo code Ruben for 20% off plus free shipping. And now back to me. And just on a personal note, you may want to use Relief Band if you're ever watching CNN or MSNBC. It's the, it's the surefire way not to puke your brains out as you listen to uh, Chris Cuomo or Rachel Maddow. Okay, speaking of Rachel's, let's talk about ESPN's Rachel Nichols. This story's been breaking over the last couple days, and I just think it's, it's such a perfect example of how not only does wokeism destroy institutions, it takes out good people who have done nothing wrong. So Rachel Nichols is a perfectly fine reporter, mostly does uh, NBA stuff for ESPN. You guys all know about how infected ESPN has become. And as I said in the lead-in, it's gone from what was a great show about sports that was irreverent and funny and, and silly and culturally relevant to just endless politics and everyone's racist and you know America's bad, all, all the stuff, you guys get it. Well, back last July, so basically a year ago, Rachel Nichols was caught on audio that we're gonna play for you in just a second, uh, but it wasn't leaked until the last couple days. Now the NBA Finals is I guess happening right now, I'm not watching, so I'm not totally sure what game they're in or if it's over or what's going on exactly. I believe it's the Bucks and the Suns if I'm not mistaken. Um, but the audio was held basically for a year. To give you a little more backstory, we, we've got some quotes here from the New York Post. ESPN has removed Rachel Nichols from the sidelines for the NBA Finals the network announced on Tuesday. The move was made in the wake of a New York Times report about demeaning comments that Nichols made around a year ago about, work, about network host Maria Taylor during a private conversation. Nichols did not realize that the video was being recorded. The video was then disseminated by an ESPN employee. In the taped conversation from last July, Nichols said that ESPN might have have her relinquish her contractually agreed upon NBA Finals hosting job to Taylor because the network was feeling pressure to be more 
diverse. Okay, so first off, I just want to clarify something. I'm reading right there from a New York Post article. What you're going to hear Rachel Nichols say, there's nothing demeaning in it. So the New York Post actually did not do great analysis there, which is why I wanted to read the, read the quote, because the New York Post, which is actually usually pretty good, you're going to see there's nothing demeaning that Nichols is saying about her colleague. She's actually saying the truth, which is that she's going, I'm white, this girl's black, they've got a diversity problem, it's their problem, so I could be in trouble. Now, take a listen to the audio. They said to me, hey, instead of posting the NBA Finals, what did you do as a sound reporter about the NBA Finals? Well, first of all, I didn't this is not the most perfect, like, chef's kiss example of why wokeism destroys everything. Rachel Nichols didn't say anything offensive there. As a matter of fact, she said that she wishes Maria Taylor all the success in the world. She thinks she's a decent reporter who covers football and basketball and everything else. And that she, Rachel Nichols, as a woman, has had to deal with discrimination at ESPN. But she's saying they're feeling pressure. They, ESPN, by allowing this woke nonsense in, what she's saying is me, I do a decent job as a reporter. I've been at ESPN for, she's probably been there for 15 years or so. Can we find out how many years she's been there? Exactly, she's probably, it's probably about 15 years or so. Um, she's saying I could be in trouble because I'm a white woman and in essence, they are the ones that want diversity and inclusion everywhere. So they basically want me to step aside so that she can rise. Well, this is my career and she's not guilty of anything. She's guilty of nothing. So let's just be clear. She wasn't being a racist. She wasn't being a bigot. She was telling the truth and she was applauding the person who now is in essence going to replace her because of the nonsense. She's been with them since 1995. So actually the year that I, from the basketball game that I just watched this morning, uh, she's been with ESPN since then. Anyway, the reason this story is so perfect is, okay, you take a sport, everyone wants to watch sports because of sports. Then you infect wokeism, now everything's about racism all the time. Then you have decent reporters, like Rachel Nichols, who in this case is telling the truth. They're the ones that get punished for telling the truth. She did not say anything racist there. Anyway, Rachel Nichols then issued some like sort of half-assed apology and it's like, man, if anyone that plays with this thing, this is the, you want a bumper sticker for this segment, guys? Anyone that plays with wokeism will be destroyed by wokeism. Every institution that lets it in will be destroyed by it. And every person that, that plays with it knowing that it's wrong. What Rachel Nichols is saying there in that audio, that by the way was leaked a year later. So why did it get leaked a year later? Like what ESPN employee was sitting on it for a year? Were they just waiting for the NBA finals to in essence take her out? Is this a friend of Maria Taylor? Like, I don't know. Um, so, but the point is, 
if you let it in an institution, it's gonna take down the institution, which is why ESPN's ratings are tank, tanking, the NBA's ratings are tanking, the NFL's ratings are tanking. You know which sport isn't, doesn't have tanking ratings? The NHL, where they're still proud to sing the national anthem and people don't kneel and everything else. But not only will it take down the institutions, it will take down good people like Rachel Nichols. This is just a girl who likes basketball, who likes to report on basketball and share her opinions and everything else. I have a healthy respect for people that talk to the camera, that share their opinions openly. She said the truth a year ago and now she's being demoted. So congratulations ESPN, you're destroying your organization and you're destroying good people all in the name of social justice. It's just spectacular. Uh, guys, before we move on to story number two, uh, as you know, once a year, I like to go off the grid for the month of August. We actually just booked our trip to an undisclosed location. After spending the last year cooped up at home, I'm excited to be traveling again and looking forward to a real summer vacation. Whether it's for work or play, a lot of us are on the move again this summer, so my advice to you is take your Raycons with you. Whether you're catching up on Rubin Report episodes, you're powering yourself through a workout with a pumped up playlist, a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds into your ears can make all the difference. You're to get crisp, powerful beats at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycon look great and feel even better. They come in a range of cool colors and with customizable gel tips included for a comfortable in-ear fit. And Raycons are built to go wherever you go with quick and seamless Bluetooth pairing and a compact char charging case. I use them when I'm walking the dog. Listen up, Raycon's offering 50% off all their products for my listeners and here's what you gotta do to get them. Go to buyraycon.com slash Ruben. There you'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. And it's such a good deal, you'll want to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Ruben. Buyraycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right, let's talk about Jen Saki. I know you guys like it when I, when I talk Saki. When we do clips about Saki, they go bananas because people cannot believe this woman. This woman lies and lies, and lies, and lies, and lies. She knows she's lying, we know she's lying, she knows we know she's lying, and she continues to lie. That's what liars do, and we're surrounded by a lot of them these days. Uh, well, now she's sort of already laying the groundwork for the federal government, the Biden administration, to endorse states doing more lockdowns. And I guarantee you it's coming, guys. Quote me on this on July 7th. 2021, Dave Rubin says more lockdowns are coming. Of course they're coming because the last year and a half was a test. How quickly would we all fold? And basically we folded quicker than a wet paper bag. We just all went down and you know, we, uh, we all have blame on us, right? If, if trying to figure out who to blame, just look in a mirror and I would include myself in that. We should have fought harder from day one. You know, we all, we all did the two weeks to flatten the curve thing and then they just ran with it and ran with it. And, any, and on the top of the fact that we now know that lockdowns just didn't work. They, they worked to destroy the economy and wreck lives and cause depression and alcoholism and a whole bunch of other problems, uh, but they did nothing in effect to stop COVID. Well, here's Saki talking about how Biden would certainly support states uh, locking down once again. If the number of cases continues to trend upward, are there any circumstances under which the White House would reimpose some of those restrictions um, as cases tick up, or would that be up to the states? Well, states are going to have to make evaluations, and local communities are going to have to make evaluations about what's in their interests. And as you know, there are much higher rates of vaccinations in some parts of the country over others, and we certainly support their decisions to implement any measures that they think will help their community safe. 
Okay, so on one hand, I'll try to give credit where it's due. The answer there, the last, basically, the last sentence that she says there, where she's gonna say, we're gonna let the communities do their thing. You guys know I'm a states' rights guy, right? Like, so I want local communities, I want states to make decisions for themselves. So a guy like DeSantis can do the right thing in Florida, and a guy like Newsom can do the wrong thing in California. To me, that's a better option than saying that the federal government should tell everybody what to do. So I will give her credit there on that, but that's not really what's going on here. And I would also argue that the question, I don't know who it was that asked the question, but it seems like a very leading, almost like a planted question to lay the groundwork for future lockdowns. Like nobody's talking about lockdowns right now. Is anyone in your world, anyone that you know that you're married to, that you live with, that you hang out with, that you had dinner with, that you go bowling with, is anyone being like, oh, we're gonna need more lockdowns? Or is there is there anyone out there really that even the people that are triple masking still and they've had 18 shots and everything else going, oh, if, if it gets worse, we're gonna need lockdowns again. So the idea that someone at a press conference is sort of tipping to them like, is there any way that you'd kind of support lockdowns in the future? Like, is that something you do? It just seems like a very odd question to ask. But anyway, I'll give Saki credit on the second half of it, which is, you know, you leave it to the local communities. The bigger issue though, is that we know lockdowns don't work. So why say that? Like you could say yes, if there was evidence that lockdowns work, we would leave it to the states because we don't want to use the power of the government, the federal government, to do everything for everyone at all times. And as I've been saying for a year and a half, if you live in rural Montana, uh, the regulations and the way that COVID might spread is going to be very different than it would be, say, in metropolitan New York City. But there's no evidence that they work. So why would we ever tolerate this? And that's why so much of this had very little to do with a virus with over a 99% recovery rate and a virus that basically everyone who died had a comorbidity and had either cancer or heart disease or diabetes and that's not to diminish any of the people that died and we all know people that had COVID and I know some, actually many people in my family had COVID and everyone survived and I have many friends that had COVID and everyone survived. I actually, I'm not even sure about my own antibody test, but I was sick a few weeks ago. Maybe I had COVID, I don't know, here we are, I'm okay. Uh, life goes on. Uh, but the idea that we would ever, that any of us, regardless of whether you live in Florida or New York or anywhere else, that we would ever give the power back to these authoritarian lunatics to keep us out of work, to keep us away from our family, to stop us from going to funerals. I mean, the litany of horrible things that they did while Gavin Newsom spent 20K on a bar bill at French Laundry and while Gretchen Whitmer, who told people she didn't want them to be uh, gardening outdoors in their own house in Michigan while she was getting on a yacht and Lori Lightfoot was out there protesting in Chicago without a mask while locking down her state and I could go on and on and a Andrew Cuomo sending the old people back into the old age homes where they all died and what's happened with that? Is he going to jail? Like what's going on here? The point is it's not whether the states should have the power or the federal government should have the power. I think you know what I feel about that. The point is this shit does not work. Not only does it not work, we know that once you give these people the power to shut down businesses, to say you have to be at home by 10 o'clock because COVID doesn't spread from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. or the rest of the nonsense, they will gladly keep 
taking the power. So as I said before, we all kind of failed the test. And if we don't want to fail the second test, the second test will be, hey, if we do it to you all over again, deja vu all over again, are you guys all gonna fold and bow immediately? I suspect most people still will. For some reason, there's something about the human condition or it's something about a dysfunction of the modern, the modern human in 2021 that apparently we like to be controlled. We like to be told what to do. We like the idea that there's some structure above us that can tell us how to live. I think this probably has to do with a largely secular society on steroids and a complete lack of belief in anything other than government and a whole bunch of other stuff that I will continue to talk about and find the, the philosophers and the, the religious leaders and the sane secularists and liberals, whoever's left, to talk about these things. And uh, I don't, we just got a, we got a big problem here because when you take all of what the government would like to do and you supercharge it with big tech and the way they can manipulate us, uh, there is a big problem. And that's a perfect segue uh, to the third story, which is over the last couple of weeks, you know, the Trump team has been teasing out that they were gonna do something on the tech side. Now, you may remember about two months ago, they released this blog, in essence, it was called From the Desk of Donald Trump or From the Desk of the Former President, something like that. And really, all it was was a blog. It was a place where he was writing a few sentences and then there were buttons on it where it was like, send to Twitter, send to Facebook, send to Pinterest or whatever other things people are on these days. And in it had no technological benefit. It wasn't solving any problems. It seemed like a really kind of short-sighted thing to do. Now, you know my feelings. I, I think Trump is a good guy. I wish the guy was still president, but I think he, late, he put out something that, that didn't solve any of the problems. And by the way, that's obviously true. And I think he would even admit it himself because within a month it was gone. Well, anyway, over the last couple of weeks, uh, they've been teasing out that there is gonna be some new stuff. There is a new site by Jason Miller, who's one of Chase, uh, Trump's main guys, uh, one of his, the main people in his uh, former administration, who I believe he still works with, uh, they released an app called Getter, which is basically just a Twitter clone. Well, on day one, it was already hacked into. I think about 90,000 uh, people had their information hacked. Trust me, I know a little something about creating a tech company. It ain't that easy. In any event, over the last few days, they've been saying Trump's gonna make a major announcement on Wednesday related to tech, and everyone thought that meant he was gonna launch a new tech site. Frankly, I, that's not what I thought because I know how hard it is to do this stuff. I know by creating locals how hard it is to actually organize information in a way that's not gonna be hacked. And I know how to deal with the legal issues and the philosophical issues around speech and the technological issues and having like all the right uh, engineers and architects and all of those things. I, I just know it's tough. And if like, if Trump's been working on that for a long time, it seems like it would have leaked to me. Anyway, the big announcement is that Trump is actually suing the big tech companies. And as I've said all along, guys, you know, we're in a war, an information war. There's many ways to fight a war. I believe in competition. So I want to invent and build new products. That's what I'm doing. But I think there's legal means. That's what Trump's, Trump's doing. I think there's governmental means. My interview with J.D. Vance, which part one just went up this morning, and I've talked to guys like uh, Josh Hawley and, and Tucker Carlson about this, that there are legal means to maybe break up these companies. Uh, David Sachs, who I had on a few weeks ago, uh, he's one of the guys that wants to break up some, some of big tech, at least break up the Apple App Store because they have just complete monopoly power. The point is there's many ways to fight a war. And when you're fighting a war, you have ground troops, you have guys in tanks, you have an air force, and 
There's all ways to do it. So Trump has decided he's going the legal route. Uh, we've got some quotes here from the National Review. Former President Trump announced on Wednesday that he will file class action lawsuits against Facebook, Twitter, Google, and the company's chief executive officers. Today, I'm filing as the lead class representative a major class action lawsuit against the big tech giants, Facebook, Google, and Twitter, and CEOs Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey, and Sundar Pakai, Trump said at a press conference. The suits will be filed in the Southern District of Florida. The suit will be backed by the American First Policy Institute, a nonprofit launched by former Trump administration members to advance the former president's policies. Trump said that the suits will claim that the companies enact censorship of the American people, hailing the suits as a beautiful development for our freedom of speech. Trump said, we're going to hold big tech very accountable. That's classic Trump right there. It's a beautiful lawsuit and we're gonna hold big tech very accountable. Look, I don't have an inherent problem with this. I really don't. As you know, I don't like using all of these legal levers and governmental levers all of the time, but there is simply no way that the government, when it was founded, that the founders, when they set up the United States government, could have ever imagined a superstructure that existed above the government that was so much more powerful than the government itself. And if we don't do something about these companies that are manipulating us in ways we cannot imagine, it's not the ways we can imagine that I'm worried about. I know, we all know about shadow banning. We all know how they can reorganize search results. We just have no idea what else they can do. Whether they can truly, because of the suggested videos that YouTube shows you when I'm doing this show, could they, if they don't like what I'm saying, could they completely push you another way? If they really like what I'm saying, could they completely push you this way? We just simply don't know. Now, do I want a government regulator? Try to imagine, a, like a dorky, khaki parent, light blue shirt wearing government regulator with his government hat, walking into Google and being like, uh, guys, can I see the algorithms? We're gonna make sure you're treating information fairly. It's like, of course that's not gonna work because nobody that knows anything about real tech engineering and algorithms and anything else would wanna work for the government. You'd go build real things, right? That was always my issue with Andrew Yang. It was like, you pretend you're such like a techie and you know how to do all this stuff. And it's like, yet you wanna be you want to first be president and then you want to be mayor of New York City. It's like, go build stuff, right? So the government could never hire people that could even get in there and, and, and look at that stuff appropriately, which is why I've come to the conclusion that perhaps you can sue them, right? You can sue them because of censorship and then we can get into Section 230 of the Communications Act that they're acting not as platforms, right, where information is treated equally. This is the, what their legal protection is. If you're a platform, Twitter is a platform, YouTube's a platform, Facebook's a platform, that you treat everything equally, and then it's, it's a forum. Now, you still can't break their terms of service, but all the information is treated equally. That's different than, say, a, a provider, right? That's different than, say, the Daily Wire or the Blaze or Fox News or MSNBC. They are saying we have certain content and this is our content and we are legally responsible for it. So that is the distinction that 230 makes and it's just fairly obvious. Like if you're, if you're following along at home, if you've got an iPhone in your pocket, if you've got any of these apps on your phone, you know that it's very obvious that if, you, if you're within the woke window, you're safe, right? Like you're just good to go and you can say all your crazy racist stuff and you can call everybody else Nazis and white supremacists and you can do it and you know, you're gonna get a, a, 
extra star and a check on your, on your paper when you hand it in because they're into your ideas. Where if you're non-woke, let's say, you know you're gonna be censored, you know that your videos aren't going to be seen as much or what you post in your feed isn't gonna be seen. And there's all sorts of other things. Uh, you know, Paul Joseph Watson tweeted out something this morning. It was a screenshot showing that there are basically hundreds, he just did a couple of them, but then I, I did a further search, that there are basically hundreds of accounts on Twitter, they're all anonymous accounts, and they all just copy and paste the same exact thing, and then they tag Boris Johnson. In essence, what this was about was that it was like, oh, the Delta variant's getting worse, and there's other coronavirus things coming, and we have to lock down again, and then they all tag Boris Johnson. Well, why is that dangerous? Well, then, whoever runs Boris Johnson, who's the Prime Minister of England, obviously, uh, whoever runs his Twitter account looks at his mentions, and they go, my God, 5,000 people all said this thing to us about the, the Delta variant, and it's, and it's trending on Twitter. We better consider lockdowns again. So we are being manipulated. Who is manipulating us? I don't know. Do I, do I think it's like purely like Twitter and Facebook employees that are manipulating us? I don't know. Is China manipulating us? Is Russia manipulating us? Or is our own government manipulating us? I don't know, but these are the things that we should be having an honest discussion about. And there's another side issue on this, which is that if you think about these big companies, one of the other reasons that I'm okay with some lawsuits, and that hopefully, if nothing else, again, I don't want the, the government regulators in there, but you maybe break them up, right? So you could take Amazon and you could say, hey, AWS, your server farm, that's what they blew up with Parler. That can't be part of Amazon, you know, the Amazon when you open your app so you can buy toilet paper. Like we have to break up these companies. I don't love the idea, but I get why there's something sensible there. There's just too much collusion. You know, Amazon can basically, if you're a, a product person on their marketplace, which is an incredible thing, right? They've created this amazing marketplace so that people can sell products. One of the things, there's many stories about this, when Amazon sees that a particular product is doing really well, so meaning somebody starts their own small business, they start selling it on Amazon, Amazon gets their cut, they're doing everything by the rules. Often what Amazon is doing right now is they just figure out a cheaper way to make it, they make that the Amazon's choice, and then they crush those small businesses. So. I don't love using governmental power, but if the American dream and the ability to compete and, and the very nature of capitalism is being destroyed by these companies, then perhaps you do have to do something. So whether it's some lawsuits, some breaking up these companies of these companies, some new technological answers, locals.com, like that's how we will fix this whole freaking thing. Oh, let me just tease out one other thing. I heard something very interesting this morning from a very reliable source that sometime next week, something amazing is going to be announced here in California. Have I already said too much? That was too much. I've said too much. Delete this. Can, we, can you go back and delete? Do we have a time machine? Is there a, we got the gigawatts and the whole thing? Um, but I think something very exciting is going to happen in California next week. That's all I'm saying for now. I just have a feeling, people. Can you feel me? Can, uh, here, well, hold on. This is for the most dedicated listeners and viewers of the Ruben Word. I'm going to try to send you something mentally right now about what's going to, uh, say, perhaps be announced next week in California. It's a very exciting thing. I'm gonna try to send it through the, the pipes. I think some of you got it. A couple of you got it. Very impressive. Most impressive. Guys, part one of my interview with J.D. Vance, who is running for Senate in Ohio. He's also a tech guy. 
really interesting conversation talking about a sort of new sort of broad tent wide conservatism, how you can bring along the, the blue dog Democrats, obviously something that I care a bit about. Uh, part one is up right now on the YouTube and the full episode is up already ad free at rubenreport.locals.com. I will be in Miami this weekend. Why? I have my reasons. What do I have to tell you everything? I mean, come on. You know, I got some stuff to do. And, uh, and we'll have another show for you tomorrow. So that's it for now. Uh, I'm doing an in-person interview in the house in just a little bit. It's a big one. Uh, but we'll, we'll tease that in a day or two. Anyway, have a great day, everybody. See you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.